0: Here we go. It is episode twenty-six of the Bet Parks presents the OGs podcast. Henry Mays, Jason Bertitus, and here we go. We got a lot to discuss. We're in our summer schedule here, so it's every other week. Yeah, you'd think we'd have like this, this be inundated with topics of discussion, but it's summertime and not much happens.
1: <laughs> yeah, not much happening. I mean, I mean, the most discussion right now is in the world of golf. Believe it or not, with yeah. this rival tour you know uh taking players away from the pga tour it's one of the biggest stories right now in sports i know we just had the nba finals uh wrapped up we got the stanley cup which uh gets going again i believe tonight right with uh, mm-hmm. game four yep. and tampa's trying to make that a series which didn't look like much of one after that game two game we'll we'll talk about all that but not a whole lot we got the drafts coming up in the nba and the nhl here in the next week or so so uh and then pretty soon football
0: yeah, that's it's it's crazy cuz we're sitting here on the 22nd of June and basically in a calendar month's time training camps will be yeah, opening.
1: Right? That's bananas. It is bananas, but it's great. I mean, you you kind of need a month or two to sort of decompress before you got to get back into the, you know, the grind. And we love the grind of football, but it is a grind because, you know, I know you watch some college and I watch all the college in addition to the NFL. And it's it's a hefty time commitment to to watch all these games and then and then to talk about them. You know, But it's it's five, six months of straight, you know, big time sports. Yeah,
0: and it leads right into, obviously, the NHL, the NBA, mm-hmm. and the college hoops. Yep. It's it's bananas, like everything that starts to take place. So you, you have, like, this month to just unplug. If you want to pay attention to baseball, go for it. If you want to pay right. attention to the NBA draft, go for it. The NHL draft or free agency period. Right. I mean, it, look, like the NBA draft, to me, has lost so much luster. Yeah, well, because, especially because the Sixers don't have a top pick. I mean, well, that and everybody just moves around anyway. So right, it right. It doesn't matter where you're drafted. That's right. just a, a placeholder in a, in a lot of situations.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I same, mean, they're, same with their free pick, agency. Their pick is what twenty third, and they'll probably end up trading it. Yeah, uh, You know, I guess they're trying to move uh, Matisse Thybul. He's fallen out of favor and is a chip that they can use to, you know, to move that and a draft pick and maybe open up some cap space, I guess, uh, where I guess they're pursuing P.J. Tucker. Apparently there's mutual interest there. He's got experience with Daryl Morey, you know, with the Houston Rockets. And, you know, he's an old player. He's in his, uh, you know, entering his late 30s. And I get all that, but the guy still plays a lot of minutes. I think he played like 27 minutes a game. Uh, or close to it for uh, for Miami last year, and he's an interesting player because he's one of those glue guys that I think you need. Uh, you know, if you're going to be a team that's going to go deep in the playoffs, he's a pest too. He's one of those guys on the other team where you're like, man, I don't like that guy because he's a pain in the ass. But when he's on your team, uh, you love him. You know, and I think he'll fit in. He'd fit in really well here if they did bring him here at the power forward spot and really help Joel Embiid out.
0: Yeah, they me need to grab another guy if I'm from Miami, though, and bring him back, and that would be oh. Jimmy Butler. Yeah, oh, I'd love that. Daryl Morey <laughs> could find a way. Yeah, you know, I don't even know if, if there's such things in the NBA as overpay, because you just brought it up. Like Matisse Theibel's already fallen out of favor, and I remember yeah. when I was doing the show with Anthony, he was like,
1: ah, oh, Matisse. Yeah. You know,
0: he's untouchable. untouchable.
1: Yeah. yeah, you can't yeah, trade him. him. And Reese
0: Hoskins, untouchable. Right. Uh,
1: untouchable? Right. Yeah, my
0: ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, real quick before we continue, let's tell the people about the Bet Parks app. Uh you had the open last week. I know I know your body made the cut. Yeah,
1: he made the cut, and then the uh he shot uh nine over and seven over on Saturday, Sunday, and finished near the bottom of the of the pile that made the cut. But still, I mean, I think I think making the cut in that event. Uh, Is such a huge deal. You know, you go through all this, the rigors of qualifying for it, which he did. And, and then to make it, it was tremendous experience. You know, the check that he got, you know, isn't bad for finishing in, you know, in the fifties, you know, compared to what they're making out on the corn ferry tour. So, uh, uh, but he's back at it up in Maine on the corn ferry tour this weekend. But uh, yeah, making the cut was a big deal. And uh, it was a tremendous event. We had a, a lot of drama, came right yep. down, you know, the, the back nine with, a, you know, Scotty Scheffler, the number one player in the world, and Will Zalatoris, who, appear, you know, is, seems like he's in every major, you know, in the final group or close to it, finishing second in the first three majors this year. And then, of course, Matthew Fitzpatrick, the young Englishman, finally gets his first win on the PGA Tour. And it happens to be the U.S. Open on the same golf course where he won the U.S. Amateur back in 2013, wow. uh, becoming only the third person in history to ever do that win the uh, amateur and then win the op- the open on the same golf course uh jack nicholas did it matthew fitzpatrick has done it and don't forget about julie inkster did it for women's wow. golf uh way back in the day so wow. a, a tremendous achievement yeah tremendous and the golf season has been great
0: so far it's been great to bet on as well yeah Along with the, the Hoops finals and the Cup final, which is still going on, game four, like you mentioned, is coming up tonight. Two games to one series league. Can Tampa hold serve at home uh, at Emily Arena tonight and get that all tied up at two games apiece? We shall see. Uh, but tons to get your action in on, including Major League Baseball. And like we said, football is just around the corner. Take it from my, me and Harry. The Bet Parks app is fantastic. It's everything you've wanted in a mobile casino and a sports book, and it's right in your pocket. It's simple to use. Easy to sign up, faster to win than ever before. And all Bet Parks users right now can use that promo code Jason750, Jason750. And that's going to get you a risk free bet up to an industry high $750. Terms and conditions do apply. So download the new Bet Parks app today. You do need to be over 21 and present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Yeah. So, um, where's the PGA tours next big stop Is that the is the British open.
1: Well, yeah, that's the next major championship. It's the last one of the season. And then they have the playoffs in February, but they got a good event this week. They're up in uh, Cromwell, Connecticut, right outside Hartford for the, uh, um, for the travelers. Oh, that's always uh, a event. good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. It's a fun golf course There's a really good field. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at a guy like like Stu Sink. Stuart Sink has won on this golf course twice in his history. Now he's in his mid to late 40s now, but he's had a resurgence, had a renaissance here in the last uh, year or two. He's plus 600 or thereabouts for a top 20. I think that is too juicy uh, to to lay off. That's that's one bet that I'm looking at. And another guy named uh, Aaron Wise, who has been playing some really good golf. He has Not one Bill Wise. On no, no, no. Uh, Aaron Wise plus four fifty for a top ten are are two that I'm looking at right now. All right, so you got yeah. the Travelers this weekend. Yep. Uh, the NBA
0: uh, is in the rear view Draft coming up on uh, Thursday. Um, but the, but the Phillies. Phillies too.
1: If you've been yeah. getting the Phillies here of late since uh, Joe Surgeon. Girardi got uh, served his walking papers, they're fourteen and four by my account under this new manager Mr. Thompson so if you've been betting them on the bet parks app you've been coming up uh, with a lot of cash building a yeah. bankroll
0: the, the Major League Baseball is going to go with the way of the NHL fire the coach in season for that yeah. surge right Isn't in that the amazing?
1: standings. <laughs> It's really incredible. They've scored 114 runs in the 18 games since uh, nuts. Girardi was let go. Girardi won his last game. It was that last game against San Francisco. They won that. Then they had the day off the next day, and that's when they whacked him. And uh, Thompson took over his be- one of his bench coaches. And 14 and four, they're averaging over six runs a game uh, since then. Now, Harry, why do you think
0: that all of a sudden they're hit? As Larry Boa let's say now they're heating.
1: Yeah, um, I don't know. I got no answer for it. I mean, uh, you know, did did they dislike Girardi that much? I've heard some, you know, some things that he wasn't a good communicator with the players, which I find really preposterous. You know, given where he came from and all his yeah. experience, uh, you know, you know, maybe it's just a change of voice, you know, or or maybe a looser atmosphere. I don't, I don't really know. I'm not, I'm not down there. I'm not in the in the room. Uh, you know, afterwards talking to the fellas, but uh, you know thus far it's it's been a great uh, it's been a great move
0: you know it's weird because professional athletes are supposed to be you know ambivalent to that to voice and yeah. all of those things but it's clearly not the case because you see it in so many sports that when a new coach comes in you know, it changes the dynamic
1: in such a way, and right? And most often, it's- is it sustainable though? That's the thing. I mean, fourteen yeah. and four is nice, but we're not even at the All Star break yet. I mean, there's a ton of baseball uh, left to be played, and they're they're still behind a couple games in the wild card. The crazy Great. thing is, yeah. is they've been doing this while the Atlanta Braves have been on an unbelievable run, and they haven't been able to gain on them. Uh, you know, because they've been uh, they've been winning. Uh, you know, seems like every game. Yeah, there's still eight games back in the division and yeah. three games back
0: in the wild card, despite going 14 and four. <laughs> now, you look at that and you go, OK, well, if they didn't go 14 and four, they didn't fire Girardi, whatever. It'd they'd be, be buried. buried. It'd be yeah. over.
1: Yeah, it'd be over. Yeah, yeah. At I mean, least be- they're keeping people interested here. You know, during this time, we were yep. talking about when football starts and. And, uh, you know, they can make it fun here through the July 4th holiday and on into later July near the trade deadline. You know, make it interesting. Keep people in uh, at least until football that they've done a good job. See, that's how I
0: look at baseball now. Yeah, that's baseball's role in my life. Right. Just keep somewhat some level of interest or intrigue until training camp starts. Then I don't give a shit. I don't (laughs) care what happens with the rest of your season. I really don't. I I actually don't care now
1: but if they, if, but if they are playing great and it continues it's just another thing to sort of pick up. Baseball is a a bandwagon sport for me yep. at at this point in my life and with my relationship with the game. Anybody that's been listening to me for all, all these years knows that I've soured on on the way the game uh, evolved I'll say it's devolved but they've evolved Great. and I haven't gone with it uh, so I'm now a bandwagon baseball guy so you know if the Phillies continue to do this you know I, w- I will become interested uh, you know at least until football but if they continue through then it's just something else uh, to enjoy it's another log on the fire right but right. it's
0: not a it's not one of those big logs on the bottom that keep the fire going
1: right they're the it, ones that, that log are like burns big out orange, big and orange. orange Yeah, yeah. You know,
0: a stump <laughs> Right. the <laughs> <laughs> old lady's always building crazy fires. And I started that a right? fire. She's like, yeah, hey, get out of there.
1: Yeah. I'll yeah. She it. just takes over. Yeah. Now, is kidding. that
0: emasculating for you? Not at all. I don't give no. a shit. <laughs> N- nothing's emasculating anymore because I don't care. Like, Right. Right. I'm 50 now. Like, right. I, there's very
1: little I give a shit about anymore. Right. Well, both of our wives make way more money than we do at yeah. this point right and, and i'm totally cool I it. i'm totally cool with that oh. you know you just go out there and keep earning yeah that's what i say hey if you want to
0: go out and get a raise go ahead hey go ahead <laughs> knock yourself out you, you want to bring out more though <laughs> <Right>. no problem <laughs> if you want to widen the gap between what you're earning and what
1: i'm earning right. i'm all for you it go, i'm all for it exactly <laughs> right <laughs> i'm like these guys i'm like these guys on the live tour that are leaving the pga tour i want to work less and make more yeah, and I'm somehow i'm trying to make that work yeah um
0: yeah I, I feel like my wife is now like a capo in the mm-hmm. soprano crime family
1: she's an earner she's a good earner <laughs> <Yes.
0: Yeah. laughs> yes. as long as she doesn't get clipped we're good right. to go <laughs> i'll ride it right. now i i guess i just need now the gumad. oh yeah great or i guess she does Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Maybe she has one. That'll take Uh, me off the hook as well. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, less responsibility, Jason. Absolutely. Um, Let me ask you about Steph Curry real quick, because in the early part of his career, there was something about Steph Curry that irritated me. It was that faux tough look and that he would try and put on. And I'm like, this guy's not tough. But for some reason, it just rubbed me the wrong way. Hmm. But. And watching him now, and they win another NBA title, and this guy, yeah. I mean, it you see records just falling around him like it, it's just insane because he is, in my opinion, and many people's opinion, the greatest shooter to ever play in the NBA or ever walk
1: this planet. Where do you put Steph Curry in the all-time greats, Harry? Oh, he's definitely in the all-time greats. I, I don't make lists, but he's, in, he's on the list. And you could make a case that he is the greatest shooter uh, in professional basketball history. Uh, I mean, you think about the other ones, you know, Reggie Miller comes to mind, Ray Allen comes to mind. Um, He's better than those guys. I mean, this guy has in the gym range. It seems like anytime he gets the ball near half court, he's looking to put it up. He's got such a quick release. If you watch him, He's he's constant motion because he's got to he's got to you know, run around you know, all over the place to, to get open. He's, he's not a very physical player, so he's got to deal with guys being physical on him. And he doesn't seem to wear down, you know, in the fourth quarter when his team needs him the most. Uh, you know, he's the focal point And as always, you know, since Durant left. He's been the only real focal point. Clay Thompson is back, and that's good to see, but he's a diminished Clay Thompson at this point with the, with the, all the injuries that he's sustained. You know, they got Poole, they've got Wiggins, they've got some other guys, but the focus is on him each and every night to try to shut him down, which is impossible, or to minimize him. And I think he had a game in the series where he missed every one of his three-point attempts in that series, which was astonishing to me. Uh, but they came back and won. Uh, they were obviously the better team. Boston had a great story. Nobody expected this of of them uh, during the season. They had a great run to get into the playoffs and a great run to get to the title. But they they need both Tatum and Brown to be great on the same night in order for them to really be able to take down a Golden State, and that did not happen. But Steph is an all-timer, you know, and I think I I put him right now as the best shooter that I've ever seen. And I've watched a lot of professional basketball. Yeah, and you,
0: you're right. Like for the Celtics to be able to to match that, you just can't match that game yeah. in and game out. It's it's too big of an ask mm-hmm. to be able to do that because he's is an all time great. Now, now let me ask you this, Harry: Do you still have the same level of like the Celtics are in the NBA Finals? Yeah. Do you still have that same level of vitriol and sports hate for the Celtics? Like you once had oh, for, no. for me, a lot of that, so much of that is
1: diminished. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's, that, that's diminished. I I just appreciate, you know, what, what some of these teams do. I mean, I, I kind of, you know, I kind of like their coach. I do too. Austin, <laughs> um, you know, I liked Stevens when he was there too. who's now mm-hmm. the general manager and is doing a really nice job. I mean, that's a team on the come. They're not going to, that's not just a a blip and they're going to disappear. They're going to get better. And you know the Sixers, you know, <laughs> had better try to to keep pace with this. We'll see what they do with uh, reshaping the roster. But no, I don't, I don't, I don't have that now. They, you know, that was something that I had as a young, you know, a younger person in my twenties and early thirties. But yeah. that's that's dissipated over the the last uh, decade and a half. I, I think part of it is that we see so
0: much uh, other teams in sports now. Yeah, like back when you really hated rivals. Whether it was the Cowboys, the Celtics, yeah, um, you know the Mets, it felt like you you only saw games between your team and that team, mm-hmm. and there was so much. But now there's so you can watch every game in every sport, right? That it's 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 watered down the rivalry because there's other things out there. I that's maybe just my logic and and why it isn't that way. Or I, I don't want to call it evolution because I've been on Twitter, yeah, and it's we're not evolved. <laughs>
1: well let me ask you i mean uh, where are you with the
0: pittsburgh penguins these days i lost the hate for them a long time ago like even crosby like Mm -hmm. i i go i would watch that guy play hockey every day of the week and twice Mm -hmm. on sunday
1: yeah i don't and i I love the player are the fans that say i wouldn't want him on my team yeah Yeah. okay Okay. all right then then i'm not hiring you as a general manager exactly give me that give me the pre-concussion uh, Crosby with that big caboose, and sit him near the goal any night in a Flyer yeah. sweater for me, and,
0: and watch how many guys he makes better. Right, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, I, I, I mean, there's some guys like on the like I like. I think Malkin is a just a, a dirty bastard. Yeah, he, great player has been a great player, Yeah. but I don't like him. Right, but like Crosby, like I, I'm fine saying it. I like yeah. him. I I yeah. like the player. I like the way he carries himself. On I like Marchand. I, I love. Martian. I mean, I love that guy, the mm-hmm. right.
1: I mean, you, you, come on, man. Yeah.
0: Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's become like more of an appreciation for great players, like mm-hmm. like obviously Crosby, Malkin, and Martian. I think they're all headed to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And they're great players, but I, I just don't
1: have that kind of same level of hey. Maybe I don't just have the energy for it anymore. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, that's that's a good point. I I never thought about that the energy level, but like this Kale McCarr guy, like I can't watch this guy enough. Oh my God! With this abs, disturbed. team.
0: My goodness. Yeah, he just jumps into the play, and it's like, seriously, how's this guy
1: never made a forward with his offensive instincts and abilities? I know it's tremendous, and you know, I, I was watching on uh, what was it Saturday night, the uh, game two, Oof. and how about the energy that that Avalanche team came out of the out of the room with from the jump? Tampa had no chance know. of matching that energy. They never had the puck. I mean that was a beatdowns beatdown. I I can't remember, and you could probably refresh my memory, because you know hockey uh, way better than I do. But can you remember seeing a Stanley Cup Finals game that was so missed, like sort of a mismatch, uh, and ended up being seven nothing? meant to hit the over on Colorado alone. Yeah, I mean it, and it
0: wasn't just that the score was lopsided. Like you'll get lopsided scores once in a while.
1: Yeah. It was the demoralizing nature in which Colorado did it. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, which really worried me for Tampa in game three. Like, what were they going to yeah. have? You know, you knew the building was going to be alive and, you know, uh, you know, jumping and it was. And I watched that just to see what they had at the beginning. And they came out and, uh, you know, to their credit, you know, played like a champion.
0: Yeah, they did. They they really rebounded in that game. And that's the thing. That's, that's where good coaching comes in because a guy like, A guy like John Cooper will say, guys, they they kick the living shit out of us, Mm -hmm. but it only counts for one game in the best of seven. Right. It doesn't matter whether it's one-nothing, three-two, or seventeen to nothing. Right. It's all the same. And, you know, if I was a fan of Tampa, I would have I would have been trying to convince myself, yeah, we were down two games to none against the Rangers and we won four Mm -hmm. straight and won the series. Here we go again. But deep down I would know this is not the same situation as it was with the New York Rangers that right. it is with the Colorado Avalanche. And I'd be like,
1: we're in real trouble here. This, you, is,
0: gonna, this is a mountain much bigger to climb.
1: I totally agree with you. Uh, were you surprised they didn't pull the goalie on Saturday night? Well, from
0: what I understand is he – John Cooper asked him if he wanted to come out after the second, and Vassy said no. No. Now, he's played wow. every minute, Har, yeah, of every game – 68 now playoff games the last three years. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of
1: that's a lot of mileage. You that, know? That's a
0: lot of wear and tear. Yeah. I don't know why he. I guess he just wants to stay in because the, um It's. I don't know if the streak plays into it. It shouldn't. But mm-hmm. if he's a guy that just doesn't like to come out. I mean, I would have probably tried to get Moose in there for a period, not right. because I'm going to rely on him to try and win the series. Because if I have to go to him, I'm not going to win the series. Mm-hmm. But. Just to give Vasilevsky a blow, but was it was was look twenty minutes a third period really going to give him that much
1: of a difference? Maybe a little bit because I just thought I just thought mentally, you know, you don't want the guy you know to start to get down on himself, you know, and and lose his confidence or or whatnot. You know, a great goalie like that gets gets whacked, you know, for seven goals. I mean, that can be demoralizing.
0: I I think one of the things Cooper said it's one of the things that he'll use to motivate himself Mm. in the next game. Was okay. okay. I'm gonna see this all the way through. Yeah, you touched me up, um, right. but he's not a guy that lets it crumble him. Right. It takes him the other way, which is well, probably
1: why you know he's definitely he's headed great. to the Hall of Fame, and he's right. 27. We already yeah, know and that, it's and the great. coach knows his player, so that you know it's yep. And speaking of coach, I I understand you spent time with a new coach. I the did. Other day. Yeah, yesterday I was down there. So
0: I originally got the message that Torch was going to meet with the media at noon. And then I was going to do my one-on-one with them after, like around 12.30, 12.45, whatever. So I got there at 11.30 to the practice facility yesterday, but the schedule had changed and I did not get notified. Oh, jeez. I didn't sit down with torts for the one-on-one until 5.15. I was at the barn all day freezing my fucking bag off. (laughs) it was cold in there people were like yeah of course it's cold as a hockey rink i go yeah but i wasn't yeah. expecting to be here 6 hours right 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 <laughs> with nobody on the clean sheet i'm just looking out of both sides of the the skate zone and there's a clean sheet on both sides not being used wow i'm like i wish i would have at least brought my wheels i could have got a skate in exactly but um so we, i spent a couple some time with them in a couple of different occasions yesterday Including the one on one, which you can hear today on today's Flyers Daily, or about 20 minute conversation. And man, I have never met a coach or kind of de- dealt with an individual in pro sports that was more misinterpreted and misunderstood than John Tortorella. Right. There's all of these narratives about him, mm-hmm. and he's made his bed with a lot of them because of the way he is with the media. Mm -hmm. But they seem like they are so far from reality in speaking with him and doing Mm -hmm. a lot of research on him and talking to guys who played for him. Hearing
1: from players, yeah.
0: Yeah, and talking to people about, you know, his systems and all that and the evolution of his. There's this notion that veteran coach retread, games passed him by. He's a dinosaur. Right. He's the most progressive coach that's been there since I've been covering the team, and that's all the way back to John Stevens. Mm-hmm. That Stevens, La Villette, I mean, on and on and on. Right. And not that any of those guys were incredibly progressive, but he's way beyond it. And I, like, I was so impressed with the guy. Now, I'm a guy that beat the drum for him. Me so, too. Fully, full disclosure. Right. Right. I right. was for John Tortorella. So naturally, it's easy for him to win me over. Mm-hmm. He won me over. You had me at a low. <laughs> <laughs> right. But he, I, I thought he's just talking to him after we got done the interview. Cause I said to him at the end of, of the interview, I said, I said, how on God's green earth are you going to now go home and unplug and recharge and get ready for a season? Because he's so amped. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's so much to do. He's already got his training camp completely scheduled and done, mm. but there's stuff that that is to hire assistant coaches, a lot, a lot to do meetings with every player. He wants to do them all face to face. And he said, I'll just hang out with my animals. Hmm. So he lives on a farm and he rescues dogs. Oh, he wow. Said, my, my greatest fear, told me this off the air, is I have a 12-year-old rescue, a 13-year-old rescue. He has other ones as well. <clears throat> he said, my greatest fear with going back to work is that I'm not there when we have to make the decision uh, to put them down hmm. and not be able to be there when they get put down. Right. And then right. my wife will have to do it on her own. And I was like, "Geez, that's a wow!" Look, he took a little leave when his dog died when he was in Columbus two years ago. Really? This guy just got got his shit straight, right? Yeah, like it means something to him, and and he's like, "My animals don't talk to me. I just hang out with the animals."
1: Hmm.
0: He goes, "And I'll be fine. I'm good to
1: go." We got to hook him up with JDB for the dog walk. Absolutely, you know? Yeah,
0: but he, he had like he, he's a guy that gets you like pumped up to like run through a wall because uh-huh. because I think. Like, I asked him, I said, you know, accountability is a really, like, nice word. You know, you can talk about it and everything everything. He, he said that word only means something in the off season. Mm-hmm. I said, but the ultimate thing is self-accountability. And he went off on that answer. He loved it, right? Right. And yeah. I just think that he's a guy that, look, he may not win. It, it may not work. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you need what? Players, right? You need right. talent. If he ends up getting the talent and get the most out of him, then he'll have success. But... Yeah. To me, he's a perfect guy to reshape the foundation, the culture, and the standard of the yeah. flyers. That stand he mentioned several times, I gotta fix this locker room. Mm-hmm. This locker room's fractured. This locker
1: room he used the word splintered. Wow. And I thought I was like, wow, that's, well. That's yeah, I, I know he said uh you know that he admired this organization from afar when he was in other places and had, you know, even referred to back when he came here in 04 in the uh, conference uh, finals where they beat the Flyers in seven games. And he went on to win the cup with Tampa that this was a place where he would love to coach because, you know, the passion for the sport, you know, the city as a sports town and all that kind of thing. So, you know, a lot of people will say, Oh, he's just saying that I kind of believe him, Um, you know, and he, he described the organization as lost and a, a need of direction, which I thought was great. Uh, and he's and true. On point. he is so on point with that. It's not, yep. it's not even funny. And, you know, we, I kind of poke fun at it, but he's right. And you know, they are lost and, uh, maybe he can give them that direction. Hopefully he does. He's a guy and, and correct me. Uh, but he's a structure guy. Yep. He likes structure. He's a defensive minded coach, but he's like, he likes structure away from the puck and for mm-hmm. guys to get minutes and to, you know, to keep playing, they got to show him that 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 they're also interested in that. He's not going to try to make you a, a mucker, but you got to show that your committee blocking shots has always been a trait yep. of his teams. I remember those Rangers teams, right. Those Rangers teams that he had were tremendous mm-hmm. at blocking shots before they ever, ever even got the Lundquist or whoever was in net. So uh, that's a commitment to your teammates. That's, you know, um, you know, take the black and blue, take the, the bruise man, yep. block the shot. Uh, so I love that. He mentioned that sometimes coaches over coach offensively. I think that's pretty great per self, you know, evaluation. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it takes a a coach who's very comfortable to be able to admit that, I think. And I thought that was a great sign. Uh, Also talking about, you know, playing with the or coaching the younger player of today. Yeah. you have to adapt to that. And mm-hmm. if, you know, he's like considered a dinosaur. But here he is, you know, think this might be you know what you were talking about with being progressive. He realizes you got to coach these guys today differently than maybe you did 10 years ago.
0: Yeah. You know, I see, thought that was cool. Ball's ass on how about me. that?
1: That, I am that was fired incredible. up right now. That you was see, incredible. See what it takes? Go out and get a fucking coach that I can that I can buy into, and I'm yeah.
0: in. Yeah, exactly. And and your points here on him, I think, are so on point because it, he said exactly that to me. He goes, "We overcoach this game." Mm-hmm. He goes, "We try." He goes, "Earlier in my career, I tried to con- I tried to control every element of the game, and it's hockey. You're chasing a vulcanized piece of rubber around 200 by 85 ice surface while the some of the best athletes in the world are wearing blades on their feet. Like you right. can't control it. Right. So stop trying." <laughs> and he said, "You know, the other thing is, you know, you look at it and you go, okay." I want these guys to do what I want, but you mentioned what you do without the puck. That's his big thing. Yep. You know, when you have the puck, you know what you're supposed to do because you're controlling the element of desire on the ice, but when you don't have it, what are you doing? What, What are you doing to make yourself a problem for the other team? If you're standing still, you're making it easy, right? Right. So he talks about that all the time. And then the last thing that you mentioned about the younger players, and this is where like, we always have these conceptions, old veteran coach, favors veteran players, doesn't develop. Well, that's not the case with Torts. Mm-hmm. He's always been a developer. Just look at his last stint in Columbus for this old, you know, dinosaur coach. Developed Seth Jones, developed Zach Wierenski into great players, all-stars. And, yeah, they may have been ended up being good players anyway because they obviously have talent. but he gave them a lot of responsibility really early. Go all the way back to Tampa in 04. And be, and before that, 99, when he started, and Vinny LeCavalier was 19 years old. Marty St. Louis was 23 or 24, undrafted player. He's in the Hall of Fame now. Right. Because he gave those guys responsibility because they did the right things, and he trusted them, and then he put them in positions to have success. So, right. uh, again, they may end up being great players anyway, but uh, he's a guy, I think, that can develop players. And I think the big thing for me, Harry, is not only is, is they have to develop a lot of young players, but they also think the development curve of certain players going in the right direction again, like Proveroff and Konechny. And I think right, he can be right. a, a big asset there.
1: Yeah, totally agree. Great point. Um, talk about, you know, maybe did you were you able to talk to some of the players, you know, about what their viewpoint? Because I understand Cam Atkinson uh, really vouched for him yeah. uh, to the general manager. Of course, I guess he played with him,
0: what, in Columbus, right? For six years. Yeah. And, and, and again, that notion that, Oh, he's going to turn an offensive-minded player into a shot blocker and a, and a 14-goal-a-year guy. Mm-hmm. Well, Atkinson had 41 under Torts and 35 yeah. under Torts and averaged over 30 per 82 in the six years he played for Torts. So mm-hmm. that's not the case. And then, you know, you look at it. I, I talked to Atkinson on breakup day. So I taped my interview with him, and I'm in a little, like, conference room off of Paul Holmgren's office is where I was taping. Ah, oh, Homer. Uh, yeah, and guys are coming in and sitting down, doing a quick interview, and then rolling. But I got done the interview with Cam, and I said, hey, let me ask you about torts. He hadn't met with the media yet. And he got up, and he walked over, and he shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I, from what I understand, I'm pretty sure you liked playing for him. What was it about? And we talked for 15 minutes about torts. Hmm. And I've talked to several guys that have played for him. Not every guy liked them. Not every guy. Right, right. But this notion that everybody hates playing for him is bullshit. Guy, yeah. I talked to Jody Shelley, who played for him for a while, and it's a broadcaster. the Rangers. Yeah. yeah, played for him with the Rangers, played for him with Columbus as well. And Jody's like one of those guys is known as like the, the, you know, Bush says he's the best teammate I've ever had. Hmm. Jody Shelley. Wasn't the greatest player, but right. greatest teammate. And these guys all like go to the wall for him. Yeah, Sean Avery didn't like him. Sean Avery's a schmuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brandon Dubinsky, I think, was poking fun, not being. To- I think he actually liked playing for him, but mm-hmm. it's easy to go. Oh, prayer for the Flyers players, because he's going to be a pain in the ass.
1: Right, right. It's not going to yeah. be. He's
0: going to make young comfortable.
1: Yeah, I-, I like that. You know, from as a fan, and you know, somebody that. Uh, you know, has, has watched this game for a long time. Those coaches are interesting to me, you know, yeah. and, and how about when way back, I think he was only with Vancouver one year. Yeah. Uh, but didn't he go after the coach for Calgary? Like he went, tried to go into the locker room to fight him yeah. uh, because he thought that, uh, you know, he was trying to injure his players or something. I, I forget exactly what it was, but it I think was. it was Hartley. It was Hartley the coach yeah, in Calgary that he wanted
0: to fight. Right. He went, he went down <laughs> their tunnel. Exactly, and there's video of him going back there with the players. It's like John Cheney, yep. <laughs> and he is trying to get at because because Hartley was they went after the Sedine twins. Oh yeah, and you didn't do that with Torrance, right? And, right. Um, yeah, I mean he, he's he's a lot of piss and vinegar, man. And is he still that way? You know, at the oh, you yeah. know because that's a long time ago. That Vancouver stand I, so I, I think he's, he's evolved and like he's had a lot of self awareness and changed the way he does things. And mm-hmm. you know has evolved in that way. Like he readily admits I've made a lot of mistakes along the way. And that's one of them. Yeah. Um, but overall, I mean, he, he's a guy, he is what he is in the sense that he's going to hold people accountable. He's not
1: going to lose that element of who he is. Cause like it's what that. he believes in. Yeah. So you brought up Jimmy Butler and that's one of the things I loved, always loved about exactly. him and continue to, he holds mm-hmm. himself and others, including the coaching staff accountable. And that's uh, that's, that's a great thing. That's what pro
0: sports are about. The yeah. other thing that he said too, was, um, you know, I thought it was really interesting, you know, his awareness of where he is and how he pushes players. And and I said to him, I said, you know, elite athletes are used to being pushed. Like, it can't be comfortable. He goes, if all my guys, if my guys are comfortable in my locker room, I am not That's doing not my good. job. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he's going to push them and there's going to be an identity. I tell you what, it's going to be entertaining too. Because mm-hmm. he's, I, 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 I think he's a guy, every time I think he was available, I was always kind of beating the drum to get him here but mm-hmm. it never aligned with he was available and they needed somebody. Like right, it never right. staggered right. Now it did. Right. And I'm excited
1: that he's going to be here. And uh, we'll see yeah. how it goes. That's cool. Now they have the fifth pick in the draft, I believe, coming up in uh, early July. You, July any, 7th. Yeah. Do you have any idea who they might select? I, I don't. Um, I'm not player clear. on the board?
0: Yeah, that's what I yeah. do. I, okay. You know, I grab, if, I, if especially if there's a center or a right-handed D there, that's where I go. Mm-hmm. um you have need all over the place it's not right. a player that's going to come in and help you right away so i get the best player on the board not the one that's going to get to the nhl the quickest but the one that's going to be the best player in okay. my projection so we'll see what happens with that and you know what they're able to accomplish this all season with making some trades I, I from what i understand some people i talk to they're going to be very aggressive and try and improve this roster i, I don't know how much they're going to be able to do that because you're going to have to Mm -hmm. shed some salary to be able to do it so we'll see what chuck fletcher can accomplish but right obviously i love the hire
1: of yeah uh, of torts well it'll be interesting you know i'm sure you're probably already doing this you go back and and look at uh you know the list of players that have played for torts in previous spots that are still out there and maybe available. Because yeah. you know he's sitting with uh GM Fletcher right now, you know, saying, Hey, this you know, if we can get this guy, I'd love to have him in my room. One of my right? guys, yeah, right? one of my guys. You do you know the, these these older, I'm not gonna say I don't want to say retread, but guys that have been several different places. You know, like Bill Parcells always had this list of guys that, yep. you know, if when he jumps ship, he's like, hey, uh, you know, Megat, you're coming over here with me. Or, yep. uh, you know, it, it's it's interesting that way. They, they want to form their crew. AV the, did that with Kevin Hayes. Room. Sure, right, right. And
0: he becomes like the conduit between the players. And, okay, yep. is this AV just being a pain in the ass? They go to Hayes and ask or – Mm-hmm. Is he serious about that, you know, and he can almost be like the translator. He's got that in Atkinson, but he could use more of it, no doubt. Right, and right. To get more of his culture in that room uh, right out of the jump. And then we'll see if they're able to do it and who those guys might be that he can target. off to go out and look and see if, you know, through the free Put together agents. a list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm ready for it, but. Yeah, you know, I still need the break between now and the season because, yeah. like you said before, it's, it gets so hectic. And I, yeah. I still have not because of this goddamn coaching search. I have not been able to unplug yet. Like I'm not oh, in off season mode.
1: Yeah. Well, who do you like tonight? Uh, I, I'm leaning abs tonight. Because- I am too. I think this Kucherov injury that unfortunately happened late in the third. Yes, I was still watching the game at six to two at that point. Yeah, uh, is going to be big. That did not look good. Looked like a what a lower body injury of some sort. Yeah, and he went down the tunnel like uh, he did not look good. I don't know that he can bounce back and play tonight. They need him. I think he might play, but I don't know that he's going to be effective as he'll be diminished.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and Point I don't think is going to play, and I just think that Colorado overwhelms him again. Yeah, I think so too. I do. So I think they go up three one. They're going back home. They could close it out at the Ball Center coming up uh, in a couple of days. Yeah. So and I know the Colorado parks work. app. Parks app. They're minus one oh nine. Who Tampa? No, the Avs. The Aves. Tampa's are- minus one twelve. Okay, so they're a slight yeah. favorite at home. Right. I, I, I'm yeah, I'm on. I'm on Colorado tonight. Me too. And I'll take McCarr for a two plus point performance again tonight. Cool. Good plus, money as well because <laughs> that dude's winning the Con Smythe. He oh. just won the Norris yesterday as the right. top defenseman. He is just un. He became the best player on that team, yeah, over McKinnon already. Yeah, That's incredible, incredible. It, it really is. McKinnon's fantastic. And I
1: saw Charles Barkley, who's you know, he loves hockey, and he's, oh, yeah. he's, they brought him on, between, on the the desk. First, between the first and second period, and he's talking about. How he was talking with Rick Tockett, you know, a couple months ago, and, he, and Tockett pointed out, you know, you keep your eye on this this Macar, and he, he gave Tockett all the credit. It was pretty funny. Do You think Tockett comes in here as an assistant?
0: No, I no. think Tock likes doing that TV and the, okay. From what I understand, um, you know, the first class flights out of Vegas. He lives in Vegas, uh-huh. and he's enjoying it. It has okay. to be a perfect situation. Well, he's really good at it. And a head coaching position, that would be perfect. He interviewed with the Flyers. He interviewed with a couple of teams, as he did last year. But I think he's really enjoying the TV thing for now. And making a buttload of cash. He's really good at it. Yeah. Yeah. How how about they stuff Barkley in there with Messier and Chelios I know They're like stuffed in there like sardines.
1: I I know. Chelios like sitting there like he almost felt uncomfortable. He did. He looked very uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because Chuck just takes over. Regardless oh, yeah. of what sport he gave, he was doing the golf, that match thing the other couple of weeks ago, yeah. where, you know, Brady and everybody was playing. He just takes over and he broadcasts. It yeah. doesn't matter what the sport is.
0: And he immediately becomes the best broadcaster on the broadcast. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Last thing. Yeah. You know, it's summertime. Hmm. And I wanted to ask you this question. What are you listening to? What is this? A uh, Stapleton
1: song? What no, are you I listening mean, to?
0: Is that is that a Chris Stapleton
1: song? Yeah, I don't know. yeah, it's one of his uh, one of his bigger hits. Um, well, I'm, I'm
0: all over the place musically right now.
1: Yeah, me too. I mean, I I listen to a lot of Spectrum Radio on Sirius XM, the Spectrum oh, channel. Yeah, uh, because it kind of keeps me in the loop on newer stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a band that they've been playing for the last uh, year or so named Camp, spelled C A A M P, two A's okay i think they're out of ohio i think and they're kind of folky you know like i really like them every song that they play on spectrum i love uh so that's a band that i'm listening to and i I listen to that station a lot i always listen to tom petty radio because he's one of my all-time favorites and i love the other stuff that they play on there you know when, when he goes into his archives of um you know, uh, the stuff that he liked listening to in the fifties and sixties and seventies. So I listened to that, but I went down and I put this out on Twitter uh, a week or so ago. I go down rabbit holes as I know you do too on YouTube usually. And thin Lizzie. Wow. Was a band that I liked Hmm. a couple of their songs in the seventies when I was young. Um, You know, the boys are back in town, obviously the, you know, the normal hits, but I, I think they are a really underrated great, rock and roll band like yeah. just simple balls out in your face rock and roll you know with the with the dynamic lead singer you know uh and uh, you know he played the bass and he had a great guitar player and it was just dry you know hard driving music they're out of ireland um you know it's just they're a good band and i went down this rabbit hole and i'm going through some of these songs you know some of some of the ones that you might not know as well, like Cowboy Song. They were yeah. the Whiskey in the Jar, which Metallica yeah. uh, redid. Famous. For. Metallica really loves Thin Lizzy. Yeah, I, that's I, why they covered it. Yeah. 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 Um, what's? I'm going to get you another one here. Uh, that's you may not know. Rosalie. Of. Yeah, Rosalie is definitely there. Or Dancing in the moonlight's a big well. Dancing thing. in the moonlight, of course. Yeah. Uh, that goes one.
0: without saying. But wait,
1: where's this other one here? I got it got to find
0: don't it. say a word is or don't believe a word is another good one that they have waiting for an alibi waiting for
1: an alibi that's yeah, the one yeah, yeah great tune yeah so a good band they're a really, they are good really band. a good band and i i guess there's a there's a statue over in uh in what dublin i think they're a dublin uh band of phil is it lanat or Linet? I i don't even know phil, how to i think it's phil, Linet, phil Linet. it is phil line i mean singer, what yeah. an underrated front man yeah he was, he awesome. was. i mean just awesome so that I, I did and bad company. I've i was always a bad co fan. Wow, Paul I've Rogers. sort of rediscovered bad company again and how great they are. Phil, you know, Paul Rogers is phenomenal. Mick yeah, Rouse. Yeah. Great, and, great band. And, and I saw course, him live twice. Did you okay? Yeah. Um, original lineup. Little men too. Yeah, Paul Rogers, a little guy with a booming voice. One of the yep. remember when we did the top ten list of front men, I I booted somebody out and put, hey, put, put Paul him Rogers in. Yeah, you right yeah. you did.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I like uh, Phil Lynne too because he was a bass player and a singer.
1: Yeah, a little yeah. Lemmy
0: esque, uh
1: huh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And if you watch some of the stuff, like the live stuff from Nebworth uh, that festival in the seventies, yep. like he on stage, he's captivating. He's you can't take your eyes off him. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's a great one. Then Lizzy yeah. is a great one. I I like Thin Lizzy as well, and it it brings you back to like that late seventies, early eighties type mm-hmm. thing going on too which yep. is a vibe. And, you know, I, I've been, like, thinking about, like, somebody hit me on Twitter and said, like, who are great musicians in shitty bands? Like, oh. like I look at Mark Tremonti. He's a great guitar player. He was the okay. guitar player from Creed. Oh. Like, I don't like Creed. No. But I love the way this dude plays. And he's got Tremonti, the, the, his solo band now and everything. So he's a great one huh. of a great musician, I
1: believe, in a shitty band. Hmm. <laughs> So That's maybe we we'll just think about that. Yeah, I'd have to put some thought into that because usually if they're a shitty band, I'm not listening to them. Exactly. Like if I think they're shitty, I'm just not even going to care that this yeah. guy that, uh, you know, was on the on the drums is amazing. Yeah. You know? the, the reason why, like, I, I know of Tremonti, though, is because Creed
0: got so big and I was doing rock radio. So mm-hmm. and I was always like, I can't stand this band because I hate the singer. I hate Scott Stapp. It was the yeah. singer. But the guitar work and the musicianship
1: was always so good. And I'm like, God right. damn it. I'm a new singer. Is there a great musician in Nickelback? No. Okay. I don't think so. Enough said. Yeah. Yeah. Good point, Harry.
0: Um, Let's it's, tell the people about point, the Parks one more time. Nickelback is a good Canadian band, Harry. Oh, yeah. All the Canadians love him. Love Nickelback, and Our Lady Peace. Do you remember that? Oh band? yeah,
1: I'm, I've heard of them. Yeah, I think they had one hit that I remember. Superman's
0: Dead was the name of the hit. Is that what it was? Or, that or Clumsy was the other. That's one. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Those guys. I remember they came into the radio station I was working working at, mm-hmm. and good old Canadian Toronto, Ontario boys. All right, all right. Um, <laughs> let's tell people about the Bet Parks app. Um, it is available. The new app. It's the greatest casino and sportsbook app you're going to find. Harry loves it. He's going to be. Pumping that thing tonight for the Cavs minus one hundred and nine. The, there you go. I'm going to be hitting it tonight as well for the multiple point players, power power play points, all kinds of stuff. It's all there for you. And take it from Harry and I, the Bet Parks every, the app is everything you want in mobile casino and sports book, right in your pocket, right on your phone, like Harry just showed you. Easy to sign up, fun to use, uh, faster to win than ever before. And right now, all BetParks users can use the promo code Jason750 and get a risk-free bet up to $750. Terms and conditions do apply. So download the BetParks app today. You do need to be over 21 in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So we'll see what all happens right. in the next two weeks,
1: Harry. Yeah. Now, if you noticed, I, I got rid of the mustache. You did. I'm back to the uh, the tight, scruff beard. Tight. Because I got a new haircut that I didn't think... Uh, I got all the hair cut off. I got... Wow. Uh, With the hard part. Right right there. You see that? You know, I had the I had the hard part. That's kind of what Hetfield's got going on there, huh? Cut in. Yeah. You know, so I didn't think that would look good with a mustache. So I went back to the scruff beard. So no more mustache. So you're not going to grow the stash back for the fall like the handlebar? No, probably not, because I really like this haircut and so does the old lady. So I think this is going to stay for a while. Well, you got to reap those rewards for as long as possible. (laughs) <laughs> while
0: she likes it right right ah nice good work i wish i could get a haircut that's one thing i yeah.
1: miss angela perfetto is my stylist over ah, at uh, the Gravity. fact that you've got a stylist is exactly great. right <laughs> isn't it <they> great <laughs> <laughs> yes uh,
0: wardrobe design provided by for harry bae's uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to put a wrap on episode 26. We'll be back in a couple weeks' time for episode 27. Everybody, enjoy uh, your summer. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks right here on the Odd G's Podcast presented by Beth Parks.